to have uh, the opportunity to talk to you about your piece. You have a story about the large number of Haitians who are being deported under the Biden administration. So there's been a lot of talk on both sides of the aisle about the current immigration policy and how different it is from the previous administration. Where do you find yourself coming down on immigration as it's currently being executed under the Biden administration? Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Washington. Find out more at stacyontheright.com and familyvisionmedia.org. So happy to have with us Billy Minion, associate editor at Reason. The website is reason.com. You can find out more in the show notes. His writing has appeared in HuffPost, Washington Examiner, The Saturday Evening Post, The Virginian Pilot, among other publications. Billy is a graduate of the University of Virginia. And I'm so glad to have him here on the podcast to discuss immigration today. Really hot button issue, very passionately held views on both sides. This is a good place to start because one of I think the fundamental misunderstandings both on the right and the left is that Biden has somehow fundamentally liberalized the system. Um, when that is simply not true, it's what he promised to do. Um, you know, he, of course, ran on like sculpting a very humane immigration policy. And he kind of like hit the entire point of his, not the entire point, but like a big part of his campaign was making immigration humane again. And I think because people, of course, in media do tend to be biased um, towards the left. I don't think that's a very controversial thing to say. Um, I People are a little misinformed on how much he's actually delivered on that promise. Like, for instance, he still has Title 42 invoked, even with coronavirus vaccines. And what Title 42 allows him to do is it allows him to circumvent um, everyone's legal right to claim asylum by citing the pandemic and saying, you know, you just can't come in for that reason. Um, of course, border apprehensions are up because I think a lot of immigrants thought like, Biden would be more merciful based on the rhetoric. Um, But because arrests are up doesn't mean we're actually letting those people in. And so actually the point of that piece is I think the, the title in our print magazine was Haitians meet their new deporter in chief. And it was an homage to when, Barack Obama, um, who also, I guess, said he would be kind towards immigrants, became, you know, was deporting more immigrants than even Donald Trump did. Uh, And so we see all these Haitians, we saw them over the summer, attempt to cross the border after they had that horrible earthquake and after their prime minister was assassinated. And essentially, we have given them no legal avenue to come here. And so Reason is a libertarian magazine. I'll be upfront about my bias. I think we could use more immigration. Um, But I do think one of the fundamental misunderstandings that is really impeding the conversation around immigration is that a lot of people seem to be of the mindset that Biden has somehow delivered on that promise. And it's simply not true. I mean, you can talk to some immigration policy analysts who say in some sense he's even stricter than Trump was on immigration when it comes to asylum policy, which is kind of insane. I find all of it insane. We have here in this country a very liberal immigration policy. We bring in well over a million people a year. We immigrate more people into our country than any other nation on the face of the planet. We just cannot accommodate billions of people coming here. Over 3 billion people would live in America if they could. It's the number one destination on the planet. Then at that point, we have to say, what about the people who already live here? What about our homeless veterans and homeless Americans? What about the illegal aliens who already live here? We have to kind of say, where do we draw the line? And this is one of those things where I just kind of get a little where does it end? Where do we say as a nation, okay, we have to have an opportunity to assimilate people who move in instead of having them recreate the situations that were present in their descending country. So we want them to come in. We want them to become a part of the American experience. We want them to be welcomed. We want them to become Americans. And then we also want to have a system that basically respects people and our open southern border actually promotes 
human trafficking. Any person who says that they support more immigration and they support the border being open, you're also supporting human trafficking. So there's a lot more to this. It's such a complex issue as it should be because it's it's dealing with humans. But we really need better policy on the left. We need people on the left to instead of just saying things that sound great at cocktail parties, people on the left need to acknowledge that the current border situation facilitates human trafficking and that is a form of slavery. And so we need a different way to go. And as much as people hated President Trump's tweets, the color of his skin, uh, pretty much everything about him, he had the southern border with the lowest traffic numbers that we had in the modern era. That's how well his conglomeration of uh, executive orders that were patched together in order to seal it off. And then people were still claiming asylum. We still had a functioning immigration system in that we were still bringing people in and we were still bringing in refugees, although at a much slower clip. Now we have the Democrats wide open border and this situation. And now you're highlighting the Haitians, which honestly, I do feel a lot of sympathy for the Haitians who want to come here. But if you look at how the border is and how it's wide open, it's almost like, well, you know how to get here. You just go, you just fly to Mexico and then walk across the southern border and there's no issue. Yeah. So I'm just going to push back on one thing um, about the idea that it's an open border. I I mean, I agree with you, of course, we need a functional legal immigration system, but we're actually, and and though we do let a lot of people come here who are high school immigrants, if you actually want to come to the border and claim asylum, it's actually quite difficult. And one of the reasons it is, it is very difficult is because Joe Biden has made it essentially impossible with Title 42, which is what I was referring to previously, the idea that we can kind of cite the pandemic and use that to expel anyone who wants to claim asylum, which you do have a legal right to do so. Um, I think the kind of common ground here on the left and the right is that, of course, you know, I'm not like an open borders person by any means, but I do think that this is something that conservatives should sympathize with is that it's an extremely bureaucratic system. There is so much red tape. So let's say you want to come over and claim asylum. Um, To get in front of a judge to do that takes years and years and years. Um, or just, you know, the, the average, which is absolutely ridiculous to think about, the average wait time for a low-skilled Mexican immigrant to come here, quote unquote, the right way, the legal way, is over 100 years, which is obviously time that no one has. Um, so you know, I, I think that there are some like I said, some areas of common ground between people who might want to curtail immigration and expand it. I mean, we can start by making it functional uh, when it comes to like the court system and getting some of those barriers down that cost the taxpayers a lot of money um, and giving people just like the chance to state their case. Well, the only issue with that is that in order to get to that place, we first have to have a sovereign nation with a border that is functioning. So as long as the border is not functioning, you don't have any place where people can meet in the middle to have good policy. And you talked about there's 100 years to get here lawfully. Okay, well, part of the reason why it's so hard to get here, if you are a person from the nation state of Mexico, is that we have about a third of the population of Mexico, like a third of the people who would be Mexicans are now Americans. Awesome. They're already Americans. No one's going back and taking away anyone's citizenship from this country just because they're from Mexico. But we are also, we have the largest number of all of the Northern Triangle countries. If you want to find a larger population of their people anywhere else, you have to go to that country. In the big scheme of things, we say that the immigration system is broken, yet look at the population movement that has already occurred. If we only look at people wanting to come here who want to claim asylum, when over 90% of the asylees who 
who have filed for asylum, over 90% of their cases are rejected because they don't have a credible threat. They do not have a valid reason for claiming asylum. They're they're economic migrants who want to live in America because there's a better opportunity to have a good life. We all understand that, but that is not a valid reason to claim asylum. Then we can understand there's a huge backlog and it never gets taken care of. That's the thing that didn't happen during the Trump administration. During Trump's era of low immigration, the asylum backlog was not addressed. We should have huge courts down on the southern border to adjudicate claims within seven days. Right. This is exactly where I say that people like you and I, who obviously have a policy difference here, we very much agree, you know, because like the system is not functional. Speaking of backlogs, one of the things I've covered a lot is, I don't know if you've heard of documented dreamers, but documented dreamers are people, children that came here to, came to the U.S. as kids legally. So they don't qualify for DACA. And it's this kind of like confounding problem because DACA shields people from deportation. DACA was the executive order under Obama that shielded kids that came here illegally as kids to no fault of their own. A lot of kids come here, hundreds of thousands come here legally with their parents who are on student or work visas, and they get in line for a green card sponsored by their employer. But if they age out of that when they're 21, then they are deported while their parent gets to stay here legally. So we have incentivized coming here illegally in that way. Does that make sense? I mean, it's just kind of amazing. And then what you're talking about is like where I think people who are pro and more pro-immigration and a little more immigration restrictive would agree is like, that's just ridiculous. The idea that it takes 20 years to get through an application process where we have said legally, these people should be able to be here and their children have to go back to India Um, where they have no experience while the adult gets to stay here. It's just insane. Here's my problem with it. We have around 400,000 American children in foster care. They're all separated from their parents because of bad decisions that the parents have made, criminal activity, you name it, drug abuse, they're dead. Any number of reasons, as many reasons as there are people in this country are reasons why children are currently separated from their parents. We don't have any campaigns. We don't have anybody writing op-eds. We don't have anybody doing anything about those kids. Their needs to not be separated from their parents remain unaddressed and will remain unaddressed. There was a huge campaign to get evangelical churches to take on the adoption process and training to get the families in those churches to to foster children. And they did that. And a lot of children were adopted. And it was a really great thing. But it's an ongoing effort to take care of those children. I'm 100% behind the fact that we're the most philanthropic nation. We have the most immigration. We are the nation with the most. And those who have a lot, a lot is required. That's a biblical concept. I believe it really works itself out in a daily basis. We see it all the time. But there's a limit to what we can do. And I think it is really bad public policy for Americans to pay taxes to take care of people from foreign country and especially their children. So the children of foreigners are placed ahead of the children of Americans who are paying the taxes to begin with. That whole green card thing and the 20-year thing It doesn't get fixed until we reduce regulations in D.C. and also reduce the amount of activity that is going on in this sphere. So you are on the opposite end of that. You think we should have more immigration. That would mean more people needing to be processed through a system that's already backlogged and broken. I say we should have less of it for a while to fix the system, deregulate it, make it work for not just the Chamber of Commerce because they just want cheap laborers. They don't actually care about these people. They don't care about the sex trafficking. They just want cheap laborers. And for a lot of these people that claim that they are so pro-immigration, it's not pro-immigration. It's pro-cheap maids, cheap nannies, people to clean their houses and garden for them. It's so they can be a part of that 
elite group at their kids' private school that all have help at their house, that have two or three people who don't speak English, but they work for them 24 hours a day, and the conditions are not that great, but it's better than Mexico or it's better than Guatemala, so, you know, have at it. They feel much more like they're in the right because they have this let everybody come, but they don't want the people to come here and become Americans and and enter into the workforce and become middle class. They want them here so they can be cheap laborers in their houses and their gardens and everything else. They don't care about the sex trafficking. The number one thing for us to do is to have our southern border fully functional and no longer a place where people simply cross over and present themselves. The second thing is to completely stop the sex trafficking to the very best of our ability to end it because it's human slavery and it's destroying lives and their bodies are broken. And then they're also here in this country and we have to try to take care of them too. And we should. We should definitely try to help them, but we shouldn't have a sex trafficking problem in this country. Then we move on to the administrative aspects of the policy that you're discussing, which involves deregulation. It involves some meeting in the middle and the people who want more immigration give on chain migration. The people who want less immigration give on the number of people who are allowed to come in under the different categories. I would say we eliminate all of these visas for these high skilled workers because they are displacing Americans. And I would exchange that for permanent legal status for DACA recipients, but without voting, you can horse trade into a solution. The moral position is that we begin horse trading after we stop horse trading human flesh at the southern border. Could you agree with that? Yeah, a couple of things. Of course, I don't support sex trafficking. I mean, that's obviously quite the tragedy. I will say one thing that I think, like I said, is a bit of a misunderstanding is that for some countries, you know, of course, like a lot of people show up at the border and try to claim asylum, whether they are able to do that successfully or not, depends on who's in office. Right now, it's very hard to claim asylum. Um, Some countries don't have any legal way to get here at all. And that's, I think, something that is a little misunderstood is that a lot of the immigration policy in our country is determined by what country you're trying to immigrate from. So the, the point behind the, the piece from Haiti is that these people had experienced this like incredible tragedy and Haiti was obviously broken before the prime minister was assassinated. And before that hurricane, it's, it's a very broken place and has been and probably will be for a long time. Um, but before that moment, there was literally no legal avenue for Haitians to come to the States, which is kind of an amazing thing to say. Um, Biden did do one thing recently. He put six countries back on a list that can um, do temporary work visas based on seasons, and Haiti is one of those six countries. So now some people will be able to do temporary work visas. Um, But you know, that's still not very much. And I think it it becomes this very arbitrary system of like, whether or not you can come here is totally just random, Um, which is why like, you know, documented dreamers have such a hard time. Uh, People from India have a low cap. So a lot of people that come over here legally are high school immigrants. They're from India. They have kids here. They make lives here. Their kids turn 21. They still haven't gotten to the green card backlog. And so they have to go back to India after having never lived there, having never spoken the language. It's not something that I think It's something that I think both sides, whether you're liberal, progressive, conservative, libertarian, whatever, I think can be like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Um, And then to your point about meeting in the middle, of course, that's always part of the game. I think something else we can probably agree on is our Congress is often just a bunch of performers, and it seems like they do nothing at all. Um, So, for instance, DACA has widespread bipartisan approval. I think it's at about 80 percent. And for some reason, we still have not made it law. It's still sitting in under an executive action as if Obama signed it into 
into law as if you were a king. Well, um, but which I, it's is not the way I think we should govern in this country. So I, I've seen a lot of polling on DACA and I have seen the poll that you're discussing where it says widespread bipartisan support. But if you dig down into that and go into the crosstabs, you find that people are supporting what they're saying is if it's through no fault of their own. But then when you get down into the details, not all of the DACA recipients are law abiding citizens. Not all of them are working. Some of them are in a public charge and they have been since like the moment they step foot in country. Once you start delving down into the details, then Americans start to split off and they have different opinions. And I don't think that Donald Trump could have won election uh, one of his primary issues was immigration, and he he said right on the campaign trail he did not favor the supporting the continuation of DACA because it is and it basically it incentivizes people to bring their children here illegally. If you say all you have to do is show up as a child through no fault of your own and you get citizenship, then every child who has a parent who can get them here will be here so that they can partake of that work around our current backlog in the immigration system. So I, I don't think it's widespread bipartisan support. It's people have sympathy for kids whose parents have made a terrible decision, but people also don't want to incentivize that behavior in the future and create a funnel of children coming to America to become citizens because their parents brought them here and it's not their fault. That's nonsensical to say that that's what people on the right support because I know a lot of people who support broadening our immigration, but they don't support DACA because they see it as a draw for a criminal activity, which is basically smuggling a child into America to circumvent our, our immigration system. So when you when you're talking about, you know, people on the left, people on the right, the fact is we we have a lot of of energy, in my opinion, around doing something for, like you said, people who come from countries where they have no access. There is no actual thing in the Constitution that says every nation state on the planet should have access to our immigration system. And I understand where you're coming from, but where I'm coming from is the fact that certain people or certain countries don't have access to our system right now is actually a hallmark of the fact that our system currently does not work. So instead of fixing that and focusing on that, people from this country can't immigrate into America. Okay, but we don't have a functioning immigration system right now. So which of those is a bigger problem, these people from these six countries or the fact that our immigration system is completely blasted out and we facilitate human trafficking? I think it's the second thing. And so I'm I'm one of those um, like I get on one thing. I've honed in on that thing. And if I see that as the root of the problem, I will address that one thing to the exclusion of all of the other things, because ending the human trafficking and the draws for illegal immigration then enables us to properly assess what's wrong with our system and fix it piece by piece instead of going to a smaller item that really is far down the list in my opinion looking at the amount billions of dollars a year over 140 billion dollars a year we spend on illegal immigration in this country and they have state by state breakdowns they have all these numbers of how expensive this is for us but it's not even the money it's the human cost it's the number of people who are raped physically assaulted, the armed robberies, the kidnappings. 
and the home invasions, the killings, there's carnage going on and the families have to live through that and then keep on going in silence because we're focused on people who are coming from this country or that country who can't immigrate into America instead of the people who are actually here experiencing these negative impacts because of our broken illegal immigration system. I think that this is where we do have that common ground though because like like I was saying earlier, I think one of the things that's biggest on my list is the idea like where we agree you should be able to come to the border and you sh- should have that hearing within a week, within two weeks, not within you know, what it is that now it's like two to three years. And those people then are kind of just at a just biding time. I, that's when Trump yeah, instituted I, Remain in Mexico, which is a, it's a own disaster. Actually, um, uh, Remain in Mexico so I mean, was passed by Congress over two decades ago. It was law that was already on the books. He implemented it through a, a, an executive order, but it's already congressional law. Remain in Mexico is congressional law that was passed that he simply utilized to yeah, deal with the border. Clinton was the first one to use it. Right. So it's not something that is connected to Trump in any way other than he found a way to effectively use it to manage our broken border system. But I disagree with you on something you just said. You said we need to address what's going on with the asylum and we need to have those courts set up. Of course we do, but not right away. We should have a moratorium on asylees because until we have a handle on just who's in the country illegally, which people have been human trafficked into the country and the sources of the human trafficking and a way to deal with the cartels getting rich off of trafficking human beings into this country, we shouldn't be receiving asylees at all. We really do have a huge Ironically, distance though, between right us. Ironically, right now, we essentially do have a moratorium on asylees because Biden has invoked Title 42, just as Trump invoked Title 42. Trump invoked Title 42 at the start of COVID, basically saying we have a pandemic. If you come into this country, there's a chance you will further spread COVID. And Biden hasn't gotten rid of that. So what I'm saying is that though the numbers can be kind of alarming when you see, oh, wow, border apprehensions are up. Those are people who have been arrested and sent back. So like those yeah, numbers but being high, we've had, alarming, but we've, we've also had over a million people come in. We've had over a million people since Biden was inaugurated less than 11 months ago or 11 months ago, he was inaugurated. And since then, we've had almost 1.4 million people cross into the country illegally. And no, the majority of that number have not been turned away. We have a problem. I'm so grateful that you came on to talk to us about this because I think we could probably go on for another. This is such a complex issue. We could, we could do three hours and still not touch everything. I think the demonstration is that you can be where you are on immigration and I can be where I am and we can still have a productive conversation and and share so much of the angst over how broken the system is, have different ideas for how to fix it, but want it fixed. Having ideas, having a conversation and having the same goal of fixing it is probably light years ahead of where congressional members are, where Biden is, where so many other people who have more power than you and I. I so appreciate your time today and for you coming on and having this conversation with me. Billy Binion, Associate Editor of Reason. And that's another podcast with Stacy on the Right. Thank you so much for joining us. Find out more at stacyontheright.com and familyvisionmedia.org. God bless.